Blackburn, so I haven't got round to the James interview yet. Sorry, I didn't do what I did with Dom, did I, and just put you off wrestling? <laughs> no, but I thought, oh, it'd be cool to hear Bruce take on NXT, and I think your first line was, maybe the worst takeover ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day scholars and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I'm your host, Don Philp on the mic. Not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We're coming to you free of charge every single Friday on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. Best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe. You can tweet it out. If you found us on Twitter, 11,000 followers or some shit over there. If you found us on Instagram, it's far, far less likely that you're listening to this. Shout out to Phil, our one Instagram fan. Um, you can also... Add this to your Instagram story. Um, you probably didn't find us on Facebook or anywhere else, but why don't you write a letter to your nan or ring your mum or, as always, act it out with your family in a play. Um, bit of a different show once again this week. We're back to a three-man booth this week with Matt Connolly and Matt Brummett. Let's get straight into stuff. I haven't got too much to say. Let's do what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, 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 long. Come on. A la 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 long. Uh, Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, it's what the nerds are watching, this is episode 18, Don Philp here as always, and I'm joined by the two Matts, uh, Matt Connolly, Matt Brummett, fellas, how's it going? Fantastic, got Euros fever. Yeah, I'm Euro fevered up too, but we will talk about wrestling at some point on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, once we've dissected North Macedonia's tactical influence on the tournament, of course. <laughs> Um, I like non-wrestling related while we're talking about Euros. I think I told you boys, but, um, cause I was at the cricket in Birmingham the other day. I like the cricket ended at 1230 on Sunday. So they put the football on the big screen and I got to watch the England game with like 3000 people. Uh, it was probably the best place in the country to watch the England game. It was incredible. Um, it was just, it was just a reminder that like the world is still fun when we're allowed to be. Like I just, I, I met new people for the first time in a year. I just had the best time. Anyway, um, some wrestling. What what the nerds are watching other than Euros? Um, hey, I watched Hell in a Cell today. Anyone? Hell in a Cell too, yeah. Yeah, I thought maybe that's at least one thing that two of us have watched. Brummett, I'm assuming you probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, leave me out. I'll come in and start talking about some nice Japanese shit in about five minutes. Yeah, that's fine. So I like uh, as Brummett was like five minutes late to the podcast recording. I'm I'm taking away the fourth curtain as I always do, and um, in that five minutes, oh, <laughs> um, we've made this joke before. It's it's not it's not rocket science. Um, so then I actually wrote. You can't use irony on me. I. <laughs> I actually wrote down a few things um, about Hell in a Cell. So, uh, so what should where should we start? I've, I've just only got a couple of matches that I put stood out a little bit, but uh, you know who can commentate is that Pat McAfee. I thought I, I really enjoyed his contributions to the show. Um, I thought what was it was the, nice. What was it? What was the thing he said during the 
Seth Cesaro match, like a piss dart or something like that. Matt, he said, I can't remember either. I was that he also there was like one point when he made like this incredible pun, and I was just like, oh fuck, that's actually really clever for WWE television, and he started on the spot. Like, it was like a proper play on words pun. And I was like, oh, wow, McAfee, you're actually a clever dude. Cole's um, better with him as well, I think. Cole, yeah. You, Cole seems relaxed with him, doesn't he? Yeah, it was really, really good. Well, and also because McAfee takes the backseat to Cole when I, and actually be a play-by-play guy. Whereas with Graves, like, Graves is the colour guy, but he does a lot of play-by-play as well. And I think maybe, and I'm only thinking about this now because you mentioned it, but I wonder if maybe sometimes they stood on each other's toes. Whereas on the raw side, like obviously, I don't, I, mate, I did, I didn't even know the raw lead announcer before I watched Hell in a Cell, but I think his name's Jimmy Smith. It's something um, really bland, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Not, not Jimmy Smith, the guy that used to be the the Bellator or Strikeforce commentator, and the MMA guy. Possibly, yeah, he's an MMA guy. He's an MMA guy, so that would make yeah, sense. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know Jimmy. They've got Jimmy Smith to do what? What's he doing? Raw. Raw. Yeah, raw lead oh, announcer. Yeah, that's interesting. He was yes. I liked his MMA stuff. Yeah, so he's still in play-by-play on Raw. And, I mean, he was I mean, he was fine. He was serviceable. Um, but it, it felt like Corey Graves was leading them through it, you know? Corey calls, like, the names, doesn't he? He just, like, goes, what a strike, and then Corey will come in with the name of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he and Jimmy Smith, he seems to be a bit of a oh-my-gosh guy. He, I, I've noticed he yells out a bit, but that's all right. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I, I don't like to dig out commentators too much because I do think that it's one of those things that all wrestling fans think that they could do, but no one knows how fucking hard it would be. Like, it must be, like, especially those WWE guys, it must be so hard to have, like, two voices in your ears at all times whilst you're trying, you know, and, and when they're doing TV and it's like, you know, someone's counting you down for an ad break and you've got to try to count a pinfall whilst also throwing over to, you know, Amazon Prime Day adverts or something. You know, um, it, it must be really hard. So I don't like to dig him out too much. But, yeah, I like I liked McAfee. I thought he was clever and added something. And also there were a couple of times when Cole was like, oh, Pat, as a professional athlete, you must know. And McAfee's like, oh, yeah, I know when I was training in winter, like my knee would get sore. You know, like and shit like this. I, yeah. I don't know. I just sort of added a different dimension that I enjoyed. I mean, actual colour. Yeah, actual colour, yeah. Shame about the camera cuts. Um, <laughs> that's my first of many things. Um, I don't watch SmackDown. Well, I, I, I would if I had time. I haven't watched it for a few weeks. But I really missed Roman on this show. Oh, yeah. What, so, Is oh, there... so, sorry, lads. Um, I know I, I don't know about WWE. Because I, I did read that because they moved... Well, I, sorry, Mook, I, I saw they had a Hell in a Cell match with Ray on SmackDown, but I thought that was so they could maybe do something else with him at the pay-per-view. Was he just not on the pay-per-view? Yeah. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess it was just like they wanted to let the six matches they did have on the pay-per-view breathe because they gave them all a decent amount of time. And so they just thought, well, SmackDown can have this then as their main. But it can't It, it can't be that only because like they only they wedged on another... Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn match at the last minute. Yeah, true, true. So, which which was also which was a great match, obviously. But yeah, well, I'll say uh, that like last match ever, like five years ago or something. What happened to that? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's true. I think it was the last 
the, I think they're allowed to wrestle now that the Democrats are back in the White House or something like that. There's some sort of rule. <laughs> um, I thought that match was great because, look, they definitely had better matches uh, elsewhere and more high-impact, you know, indie-style matches probably. But I love the fact that they every time they wrestle, even if it's in the WWE style, the story's different. Like, this one was just Kevin Owens is a wreck from the attack last week, and he's just hanging in there because he knows Zane well. He can just, he can hang in there with him. He knows when to leave the ring, like, He's just really good at wrestling in the Owens. Like, and that match was, and with the different dynamic now uh, of Zayn being the heel, um, which he's brilliant at, it's just, yeah, that match is maybe the best match on the cards. It's close. Yeah, I I liked the women's match, uh, as in uh, Charlotte and, oh, both women's matches were great, actually. The hell, the hell All three? All three, Dom. All three? Did I miss one? Alexa and Shayna had a match. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah, there were three. Oh, mate, fair play to WWE putting three main women's feuds on the card. And, and the pre-show match was a women's match as well, so there were more women's matches than men's over the seven. Wow. That's got to be the first time that's ever happened, right? Possibly. Possibly. Must be. Well, apart from Evolution, but like, but that must be the first time they've had more women's than men's. So that's, that's, that's interesting. That's cool. It didn't... It didn't feel strange either. I don't really, like I said, I don't watch the weekly shows, but it felt like all three of the main show women's matches were like built up pretty well. Who, who well, were the women in the show? Uh, Bailey and Bianca. Well, that sounds cool. Was that good? Yeah. Yeah. It that was would cool. be my other contender for match. Personally, that'd be my other contender for match tonight. Uh, the, the finish with Bianca hitting the. Uh, what does she call her finisher? Is it KOD? Kiss, yeah, kiss of death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when she hit that on the ladder to Bailey, that looked brutal. Yeah, um, brutal. So yes, yes, please, because that looked. Oh, Bailey's just great, isn't she? How yeah, good is but, Bailey? Well, I was, about, I was about to say, you know, actually, I don't, obviously don't, don't watch WWE, but I'd, uh, I'd probably, I might, I might try and dig that out if I get a chance. I love Bailey's. Yeah, like I said, she's ace. she's also great in cell matches, isn't she? <laughs> great in gimmick matches. She's just so the psychology's fucking off the charts. She's brilliant and how she paces matches she's so fucking good she's the, well, yeah. she's probably she may be the thing i miss most about wwe well actually after everyone talks about this roman run that's probably the thing i'd miss most and if i had time i'd, I'd dig and go back but yeah i do really miss bailey and so i i yeah so you sort of said uh match of the night i i really enjoyed charlotte rhea um i just it was just one of those things where it's just like charlotte flair she can't have a bad match like yeah, I know we've I know we said it before, and but I think it goes. We should say it again. She could, she might be the best wrestler in the world. I I just really think she's incredible, and and now she's also nicking all Andrade's moves on top. Mate, that's so I've got that, <laughs> I've got that written down. It so Brummett, Charlotte hit, and I don't know what Andrade called it, but the Judas effect, which obviously yeah, and so, it was awesome. it was gnarly as well. She yeah, Rhea out. I mean, yeah. he does it fucking incredibly, doesn't he? And he did she yeah. does the moonsault as well now, doesn't she? She does the double moonsault. Oh, yeah, she landed on her feet and then, yeah. Moonsault like Andrade does, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's good. Cool. lay on the sideways on the mat and say, tranquil. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool, except for the finish. Um, they just did a DQ finish for no reason. Well, well obviously, yeah. There's classic WWE. There was like two or three matches where the finish was a bit like, oh, yeah. The main the main event finish I didn't enjoy. Nah, um, stinker, wasn't it? Yeah. So and and like I've I got a few ideas about the main event as well. Like and, we, and the main event was Drew McIntyre versus Lashley Brummett, If you weren't too sure, 
Um, so the finish was rubbish because it was just MVP grabbed McIntyre's leg and Lashley rolled him up in a schoolboy. In a Hell in a Cell match? Cell, that was finish. <laughs> I was just about to say, it, I, I, I'm surprised because I thought the main would be a Cell match. How did that work? Uh, so the refer- the first referee got knocked down, right? Yeah. And then yeah. and then when the second referee came in to count the three, McIntyre called him in. And then MVP came in as well. And then McIntyre hits him with a claymore. So he was asleep somewhere for about five minutes. And then obviously he came to after everyone had forgot he was in there and like screwballed the finish about five to 10 minutes later. But I, I, I am shit. I'm shitting on the finish, but the match, I mean, McIntyre, mate, you say what you want, but that guy fucking kills himself for this company. He, I loved, between- I loved when Lashley was just battering him on the outside just absolutely yeah. battering him with like rights and lefts in the corner headbutts everything oh. yeah between between McIntyre and Sheamus those guys they're not here for a long time like they are both getting the shit beat out of them every week at the moment like Mac, I felt like McIntyre was almost like oh come on then Sheamus anything you can do like that's that's what it felt like to me um, something else that stood out to me, and I've, though, I've been saying this for years, but I just wanted to make mention on tape. Lashley always takes DDTs right on his head. Yeah. I, he, it's, like, it's like no one, it's like he missed that day at wrestling school, like how to <laughs> safely take it. Because, like, mate, one day his career is going to finish from a DDT. Like, he fucking spikes himself. For a big yeah. guy, he, he sells it like Rob Van Dam. I was just about to think, yeah, when he said that, I thought of Van Dam, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he just um, thinks he's indestructible because he's such a rock of a man. Then I don't know. Yeah, he does take it tough, doesn't he? Yeah. Also, if you remember, his sisters used to bully him as well. Yeah, that's true. His his sister, who's now on AEW, right? Is that right? Is one of his, what's one of his sisters? I'm pretty sure... Oh, you know. So, oh, wait. So you guys don't know this. So I'm pretty sure the the sister who was like uh, in drag. So I think one of them was a, a male in drag. Yeah. And and it was um, uh, not Max Caster, but the other one. No way. Yeah, and I can't believe I've forgotten his name again because yeah. I copped. I I actually I actually copped a bit of shit on Instagram after that episode too. People <laughs> messaged me. Jared Bowen. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Jared Bowen. Yeah, I think I think it was. Well, it actually. Yeah, I think it was Jared Bowen. Was Lashley's? No, Jared um, Bowen played for West Ham. It's something Bowens. Anthony Bowens. Yeah. That's yeah. Something. I get confused as well because Bowen is a very famous rugby league name as well. There was Matthew Bowen and his, and then there was Jacob Bowen, who was his cousin, and Brenton Bowen was his brother. They're all very good players. In the most famous was in Bowen. Who, uh, <laughs> <old> bullseye. What the guy? Tune into our Patreon for more Bowen chat. Um, and definite, and also there was another problem when MVP pulled the referee out of the ring when after McIntyre hit a claymore, and so the referee counts one. Two, and as MVP pulls him out of the ring, his hand just hit the mat for a third time. <laughs> it, was a, it, was offici- it was officially a three count. I didn't like, even notice that. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought that was going to be right up your street, Connolly. Yeah, I, I, was too, I was too, like, well, how are they going to book this finish? Because, like, Drew was looking monstrous. I was like, he can't win. And then, yeah. I mean, it's just, 
it's the it's the thing of like I say it with like when they had like the Orton McIntyre feud at SummerSlam last year. Like you build up a match as a grudge match, and then you have it finish on a on a schoolboy or roll up or something. Like Unless it's built into the story of the match, I just can't buy it. It's just like ugh, ugh. It, this is this is the absolute worst conversation and the worst question to ask you guys now because none of us really follow weekly WWE. So who's gonna know? But who? I wonder who like. If we think about like SummerSlam, like I wonder who Lashley would face and who, you know, like where does Lashley go from there? Like who's who's around? Well, it, on it's going to be Kofi next, isn't it? I think. Is it? Is it? Apparently they've been building to that on Raw. Like MVP has been saying, you know, you made history and a great moment, but that's, that's done now. Like move on. So I think they're going to go back to that. Uh, I could be wrong because, again, I don't watch Weekly. I just sort of read bits and bobs. But I think it's going to be Kofi for money in the bank and then we'll see. And Lesnar? Ho- Is Lesnar too obvious? I don't know. Hopefully Kenny Omega for SummerSlam, yeah? <laughs> Bring him in. <laughs> can, we, can we chat briefly, Dom, about the Silly Bollocks match, Alexa and Shayna? Yeah, of course we can. What, it, what do you got to was, say? I've just got, it was Silly Bollocks, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I liked it, but it, I don't hate it as much as the rest of the internet. Uh, I don't really know what, like, so for Brum, uh, Alexa Bliss can now, um, if you look in her eyes too long, she controls you like a puppet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she she got Nia Jax in the trance. Then Nia Jax hit Reginald. For some reason, Shayna wasn't distracted by that, but that was the finish. And then she just Lexa Bliss just rolled out the the clutch and then just like hit her finishing stretch and won. Yeah. I, was like, I don't know why the Nia Jax thing was anything to do with the finish because it wasn't like Nia Jax hit Shayna so that then Shayna was distracted. Like it made no. It, it, I get and- what they're trying to do because they're doing the Alexa Nia like control story now then but like it made no, no difference to the match it's, yeah it's Bray Wyatt uh, still gone yeah he's not there but they is that still is, is he uh, but is she just kind of like now just like Bray Wyatt in the women's division kind of thing is that what's yeah. kind of going on she, she's more powerful she can literally control people yeah she's more right. magic she she has more <laughs> skills than magic <laughs> yeah she's 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 like a liger <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she. It, it, it's. I don't really mind her being this magical character on the side, away from the title picture, having a bit of fun. But I didn't understand why she won the match with magic. That she could have just done it to because Shayna was trying yeah. to not look in her eyes. So I thought that was going to be the finish. Because yeah, yeah, it, it's it's going to be funny when like all of the people she faces in the ring are wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the payoff, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, you are right though. They, they, it was, they should have a blindfold match, her and Nia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's got to be the stipulation. It, it is funny because it's like, you know, the trance thing looking in eyes. It's like the old Chikara, you know, like the Ophidia, is it what's it called? The Assyrian portal. Yeah, they they used to do it with the snake dancing and stuff, which was cool. But the even funnier than that, Matt. I thought, because I thought the same thing as you, is like, why? Well, she just beat a clean. Yeah. <laughs> but then but but then after the match, it's just Nia and Reginald and Shane are in the ring, just standing there. Like, there's no, like, <laughs> fall. There's, like, no fall. There's, there's... <laughs> <laughs> I just dropped that in. Like... <laughs> Reginald Regi- kind of... Is a weird performer that was brought in from the Sasha Banks storyline. It was kind of like yeah. That. I don't know. I don't know how he changed from Carmella to being with Nia <laughs> and Shayna, but he was he was Carmella's uh, wine pourer. What's the name for it? Sommelier. 
Some, yeah, yes. Sommelier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so he, he was. I've never seen him, but I'm, I'd like to officially say I'm fully behind Reginald and whatever. He's got a he's got a clean victory over Shayna Baszler. He's and he Shayna Baszler on Raw and beat her. <laughs> and he's like, so he he's from like Cirque du Soleil or something. So he does like loads of flips and stuff. He like, yeah. I like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool, but I just don't know why he wasn't angry at Nia for punching. That was like. You've just it's, seen it's what's all... happened. They're all staring at Alexa Bliss on the ramp. You've just seen the damage that did. And they're yeah. all staring at her on the ramp, yeah. And I, they are... I don't want to turn this pod into you, into me just asking questions about Reginald for 20 minutes. But <laughs> <laughs> you I, I don't think I'm ready to move on from this. So, so he's an in-ring... He's like a wrestler as well. He did like Cirque du Soleil. He must do some mad shit. Is he like... I, I reckon that he's probably... He's one of those guys that's like... Uh, um, we'll get him on the show whilst we're trying to train him up. Like he, 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 I don't, I haven't seen him have like a ten-minute match yet. He can just do like spots. He's basically popped Vince, and Vince is going to keep him around because he likes him. I reckon, like he thinks it's funny because he's just used as like he was like, yeah. Now he's just with Shayna and Nia, but like Shayna doesn't like him, but Nia does, and it's yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember when it's a little bit like? Do you remember when Leo Rush was with Lashley? So he never got full matches, but he'd always get involved and just do like two oh, really yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, it's a little bit like that where he'll do like evasion spots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's... So basically, Conman, after telling me for like a year to watch uh, WWE for the Roman Reigns stuff, I've not done it, but I'm really going to start watching it because of Reginald. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Reasons to watch Roman Reginald in that order. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a funny name, Reginald. Anyway. <laughs> what do you picture him looking at, looking like, bro? Uh, like, I, I picture him looking like one of the spirit squad, like Mikey from the spirit <laughs> squad. No, he's a black dude for a start. Oh, okay. yeah. He's, with, with dreads, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. He's, he's like, he's like the coolest looking guy I've ever seen, yeah. actually. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah, he dresses real sharp and all. Yeah, um, it's yeah. That's that's actually funny. What would you picture? But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's yeah. Um, I, I, expect, I, I picture him as like the whitest dude imaginable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, kind of disappointed. <laughs> but he's cool. He I'm looks. Not, I don't watch wrestling for cool people. <laughs> he. He reminds me a bit of like Eddie from Tekken. Oh right, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like you're the Capoeira sort of. Yeah, a bit like yeah. that's cool. Yeah. yeah, he's a cheat character. People get booed out of the out of your mate's house if they try to use Eddie. Yeah, well, like kick right the spinny. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was a bit similar, also a bit of a shady one. I think that any but any Tekken character was like that if you knew how to use them, right? It's just that maybe Eddie was a bit easier to use. Yeah, there's that because Jin Kazama had the one where he like did like a kind of a high spinning wheel kick and then three low spinning wheel kicks, and if you kept spamming that, that was pretty 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 dangerous as well. It's Tekken I, should be I, fun. Tek, Tekken should be fun. I I guess we can't talk about Tekken. Like, when, when are we going to come around to this again? Um, like, how cool was it when you actually pulled off one of the wrestling moves with King? Yeah. And they're sick right. as well. They were actually the animations for them were like really good, like like genuinely like 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 Japanese like suplexes. 
I'm sure. I'm sure that there's a story about like there's they got like a semi-famous Japanese wrestler to come in and do the capture for it, but I can't remember who it was. But I think I reckon you know people listening, you could Google that. I'm sure that it's like a someone who's actually known for it to come in and do the moves. I think it was Reginald. <laughs> I I I was going to say it was Zangief from Russia, but that's that's <laughs> that's a different game, mate. That jumping pot. Oh, have you guys ever seen that that match where Kenny Omega was wrestling a blow up doll, and he does, and the finish is the Zangief. Um, from Street Fighter combo. So he does like the German suplex rolls through and then does the jumping spinning pile driver. And that, <laughs> that's the finish. It's so, it's mate, it's actually, it's really funny, but it's also really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is all the wrestling that I've watched this week was Hell in a Cell. So Brummett, you're going to have to take the driving CD. Right, so what I've seen, I saw Dynamite. I don't think I remember anything from Dynamite. Have you seen Dynamite, Mark? No, I've seen one other thing, and it's a documentary. So fill your boots now on uh, <laughs> on everything. Really seen. bad. I'm, something must have happened on Dynamite. I can't remember. Anyway, there you go. What's Cody, Cody's got a daughter, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liberty again. Definitely this home one. The things happening. Um, did anyone did, did did anyone catch on? I'm I'm not on Twitter, but I saw there was like a bit of a Twitter thread where people caught on to like. You know, some, like someone just replied to Cody's tweet saying, "Like, oh, do you regret having Pyro in the emergency room?" <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I, but yeah, yeah, Cody was just also like, I'm sure he, I can't remember it. Like, <laughs> I must have watched it in a haze. I definitely watched everything on it. But, but, but the, the main thing I want to say about Dynamite is this: these bloody Friday night phone it in Dynamites have got to fuck off soon. Like they had so much momentum, and it's not their fault, but it, they've just been so shit. Um, I just can't wait for them to get back to doing properly, doing it properly, really. Mate, I, I, it's it stopped. That's the reason I haven't watched Dynamite. Like, I didn't, I never missed an episode until the last three weeks because it's, it's. Sense. I've said it before, but it's ruined it for me because on ITV over here, it doesn't come out until the following Wednesday, and like that's too late for me. Like it's you know it's a week old or whatever. It's like well, done you a favor, mate. It's rubbish. Like nothing's happening. Like because the t- because the main events go on in the US at some point midnight. They're all just they're just phone it in main events. Like there's just it's it's a really pointless show. Um, that's mate. That's that's probably being a bit harsh. But this is coming from myself, who's you know a bit. A, 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 big fan of dynamite and yeah. you know love the last pay-per-view but the weekly shows are just so so much weaker noticeably weaker than what they were before um and maybe they're just us, us. Their good shit back until they get back to wednesdays do you know when that is that's gotta be soon right no idea let's get all kind of uh, so the well this yeah i think i think they must be getting close to the finals now because i know like philadelphia lost in game seven to the hawks and I think that must be to go through to the big, you know, final series. So there's might be like one series left, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I saw one, I saw one screen grab of Dynamite and it looked like they had like an octagon match or something. Oh god, shit. This yes, this is the only thing to talk about on Dynamite. Um oh, all right. Fucking hell. Hager and Wardlow had like a proper well, did I say proper <laughs> big inverted commas. They had an, a proper MMA rules match. So octagon. Um, three um, three five minute rounds, like, like yeah, 
as you'd as you'd expect. I mean, obviously, it was it was it wasn't brawl for all. It was it was obviously, <laughs> okay, but, but that was the issue with it. Like it started off like where they were like seemed to be trying to replicate what an MMA fight would be, and then they just started going mad and like the um, do you know the Anthony uh, well that's a it was Pettis, who, you know, does the like the, the springed off the cage and the kick. Wardlow was doing that shit. They were doing like mad stuff by the end of it. It was just silly. And it was shit, really. Which is shit. Because uh, interestingly, do you know the going back, because it's not in the same way, but do you remember the Joe Angle lockdown match, which was quite polarizing at the time? I loved that match. I thought it was fantastic. I've not really watched it back, but I, I really, really love that match. But this was shit. It was like I am. Um, I'd much rather watch Wardlow, down. Wardlow murdering people on Dark is far more my bag. You see the gif I shared. That gif is ridiculous. Destroyed that man. Is it? Was that? Was that the knee off the top row? Yeah. Oh mate, he killed that. Like, which way did he bend? Like, it was like you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell if his back was broken. But because he did the gladiator, um, thump like slash obviously Batista thumbs up thumbs down thing to him do you think that's foreshadowing do you think he's going to do that to MJF like MJF's going to be in the on like the top rope and Wardlow's going to save him in a situation and give him the thumbs up and then he does the thumbs down and knees in I'd, I'd be here for it if that is where they're going or am I yeah. stop I, stop I stop, spoil, stop spoiling years <laughs> of TV for me <laughs> <laughs> Oh, by the way, yeah. uh, I've worked it out, and if you if you read between the lines, Roman's getting beat by Zach Gowan in six months. <laughs> six months means my prediction won't come in, so maybe extend it to seven. <laughs> oh yeah, it's going to come in, isn't it? Um, oh, I, I saw a speaking of predictions coming through. I saw a I, I saw an article this week that was like Carrying Cross uh, likely to be called up um, because he had a he had a dark match on SmackDown, and apparently he impressed the old man. Yeah. The US sure. Talking about things coming true, do we do we talk about progress, or is that all spoilers for you guys? Nah, I'm, I'll I'll watch it at some stage, but talking about it here is not going to ruin it for me. But was it well not not last week, but the week before we talked about bringing in there was Laura Di Matteo on Booker Bingo. We talked about we were talking up Jody Flash, and then yeah, someone at progress is obviously listening because they were booked within a couple of days. Um, yeah. Uh, that that was actually, um, I think it will split people, but Jody Flash and Danny Black had a kind of, uh, like almost like the good bits of Brit rest when it was shit, you know, when you had like all the like the the, the good high flyers having like funky spotty matches. Um, Jody Flash and Danny Black had a, a genuinely really enjoyable one. Um, Flash looked brilliant, um, though. I may be wrong, but there was that. And I saw it in a couple of matches, and it could be wrong. It could be the way that they did the camera cuts. But I think they've, they've been like doing a bit of post-match editing in a few of them. Um, but not not as clean as like probably bigger companies do it. Because I noticed a few things where it like almost like disjointed me. And I might be completely wrong. It'd be interesting that, no, if they if anyone else spots it and knows it for a fact and can understand these oh. better than me. But it was very like choppy. Like it was like either 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 I got thrown off with the camera cuts, but it looked like they did some like mid match editing in a few of the few things. I uh, I'm one hundred percent sure that they have done a little bit of that. Yes, I. I, I can I can neither confirm nor deny 
where I got this information from. Confirm what you can leave in Dom is this is just to confirm that Dom is now been outed as the guy who edits progress. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is true. And you know what? It takes me a hundred fucking hours a week and I don't get a cent for it, and only six people listen. <laughs> just like this shit. <laughs> big it, it's, it's really big in North Bergen. Yeah. <laughs> um um, what was, uh, what was it say? Oh, yeah, progress. Mental, right? Shows have felt a bit tighter recently, but this one, I don't know the, what it came in at, but there was like nine matches and I'm sure they had like, they had a, a six man with Warren Banks and um, the Lycos fellas against uh, Northwest Strong. And that was like a half an hour match. It like, and, and there was a couple of other ones that, that match that went on for what felt like a fair bit as well. So it's like it must have been like three and a half hours. I might be exaggerating, but it was long. Um, really? Yeah, it felt really, really long. But it was, um, yeah, like, but like, again, a, a, another missable one. It was fine. It was absolutely fine. Um, like I said, I think Flash Black was my favorite, and that six man was good, but it went on a bit long. Um, Kara Elijah was interesting. I'd definitely watch it because there was this the uh, the Crowley fella was very involved in it and they tried to do some interesting dramatic takes. I I wasn't I yeah I just wasn't massively into it myself. But I don't I, that's not a criticism at all on it. I it, for me I just didn't buy into it. But they did the, uh, you could see they were trying to do some interesting things with it and I, I would recommend people to watch it to see what they thought of it. Um, Loved the promo. I love, I know it was a bit, you know, maybe you could say it was, we've seen it before, but I love the idea of him being like, you think you know the result, like the Crowley bloke and just being like, when it, when I says you think you know the result, then it, automatically I'm like, oh, maybe they're double, double bluffing here then. Yeah. Uh, so it brought me in. It, it, I like the promo. It was, it reminded me a little bit of, I went to see, um, actually, it was, I think it was before I met you lads. So it's like Heyman did like an inside the ropes thing at the York Hall. I don't know if you lads went to it. Um, it was pretty good actually, but he did a, the cadence was very similar to how Crowley did it, but he was talking about, well, like everyone thinks that that taker, that Lesnar beat taker because it was what it was booked. But what if he didn't, you know, what if he shoot and did, did it stuff? And it was just the cadence was, I don't know if, if he was there because the cadence was very reminiscent of it, but it was very, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was very good. I'm, 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 the Crowley's kind of like growing on me. I'm not sure. He's an interesting character. He's way better now he's off comms. And, and, the, and the comms again was, I thought was really good. That um, Malone, what's his first name? Something Malone? Dom? Matt? Hustle. Hustle Malone. Yeah, he, he is a lot better without Crowley. I before but now he's with the kind of more traditional play-by-play guys he's 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 got a lot better um yeah i think i think they're the the i mean roy johnson bless him he seems like a lovely bloke he's still a massive detriment to the show <laughs> i see what they try to do with it, giving it a more chilled out vibe but it just doesn't work but the comms is is massively improved i think progress is just waiting for that point now where everything clicks because they had a good run of, of, of kind of what i thought really solid cards but a lot of the kind of the production stuff and the commentary stuff didn't click. Now that seems to be fit sorted, but the matches haven't been as exciting. I think soon they're going to mesh and progress is going to maybe uh, maybe get a little bit exciting again, which is something we can all look forward to. And we'll definitely get... I, I, I think Roy Johnson is going to end up back in the ring as well. Yeah. Because um, he, he's like, I just... 
obviously all my news comes from Instagram and he's in incredible shape. And yeah, he's he yeah. 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 He'll, he'll definitely end up back in the room. And it's not, I know I slag him off a lot, but it's, it's not him because like, that's just what his character is and his delivery. But I just, I just don't think it quite fits. And I'm sure other people would disagree, but I think it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, a, not a fan myself. Yeah, it'd be it's hard to an empty room as well, like everything is. Of course, you know? yeah, of course. That that is a fair caveat, I think, on these things. Even like when I so I watched someone to sell at work today because I had a couple spare periods, and a guy I know, like uh, another teacher, walked in and he was like, "Oh, you know, a bit of wrestling. Yeah, I'll have a look at this for five minutes." And he's like, "Oh, like he just straight away was like, oh, it's different without the crowd, right? This doesn't seem as exciting." And I was like, "Yeah." You're right. You know, like sometimes we actually forget. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not, a, he's not a wrestling fan. Like he, that was just his, you know, immediate reaction. I was like, yeah, I forgot actually, but you're right. Yeah. That was the last WP uh, without fans as well, wasn't it? Apparently. Money in the Bank, money in the bank's going to have them next month. So. Yeah. Apparently they announced that, which is cool. Um, but yeah, good stuff. And it, what what uh, you said you watched a documentary, Matt? Yeah, it kind of ties into my roundtable though, so we can talk about it briefly here and then, or on the roundtable. It's about China, <laughs> so oh, well, I don't know if anyone else has well, seen. Do you want to hold that, Matt, and then we can do a really, and then Dom can do a really professional sounding segue. Okay. Yeah, I've got one one more thing. Um, I don't know if you guys will watch it, but you should because it's probably my match of the year actually. Um, wow. Yeah, blew blew me away. Basically. We need to do a roundtable at some point about how we watch wrestling. Because basically how I do it, I've got my shows that I watch each week, not not particularly a lot of them. But I go on uh, just cage match and I go on match guide and list by day and see if anything jumps out on the num- on the um, on the numbers. If anything's like high eights or especially if it's anything's over a nine out of ten, I'll look into it. And yeah, a few days ago I saw there's a stardom show and the the the, the main event and the title match, Siori versus um, the champ, Hutami Hayashishita. And so I just saw, saw, saw the number and went, right, I'll, I'll go watch it. Didn't know anything about it. Fucking hell. It was outrageously good. Outrageously good. I think my match of the year today was probably, and I feel bad because I know that like, like Shingo's been in a lot of great matches and stuff, but for, for other reasons, I'm not particularly clicked with them. But um, my match, my match it was actually probably Mox and Eddie versus um, the Young Bucks, but yeah, that's been blown out of the water. This is this is my match of the year. Absolutely class. Um, can can I talk about it? Okay, will you do you guys will you guys mind? Yeah, it was um um so like yeah, I didn't know. I've, I've watched a bit of Stardom, like JCH has shared matches before, and and I've, I've kind of these things when I see like a highly rated one, I'll I'll watch it. And I know the kind of usual suspects, um, but so. Yeah, they're all just phenomenally young. Hayashi Shita's like 22, or she's like, yeah, in like, like Watanabe's stable. And like, yeah, she's, yeah, she's a champ and she's just really good. Apparently, she's had a really good reign. Um, but I don't, yeah, I've not, not really seen it, a lot of it. And Siori was brought, I think she's been wrestling for ages. I know her actually from UFC. Um, so I had a few matches there, but she, um, she kind of, I think she's maybe done a bit with Stardom before. There's probably Joshy fans listening to this saying like this guy, and that's no idea what he's talking about. And they'd be right. But I think she was possibly at Stardom before, but she's been in other promotions for years and years and years. But she was brought in uh, by Julia in Stardom. I don't know if anyone's seen Julia before. She's fucking brilliant. Like it's half Italian, half 
Japanese, like, joshy fucking badass bitch. And she set up uh, Donald Del Mundo, her stable, and brought in Siori and kind of... They, I think they had a match at some point for the championship. Siori didn't win. She's had a few chances. And then she's fought Hayashi Shita. And it's interesting, I've been talking New Japan, because they have a bit of like a New Japan-style main event where it kind of builds up and builds up and like starts off slow. And then they just keep trying to outdo each other. And it gets really, really intense. But then it hits the 30-minute time limit. And so it's a draw. And, that's, and that was really good. Really good 30-minute match. But then... Um, yeah, they basically get on the mic and yeah, say say they want to continue. I don't speak Japanese, so I don't fully know what's going on, but I got I got the gist of it. And then they go on for another like 10, 15 minutes of just fucking brutalizing each other. It's class, like absolutely class. The pacing of it is so good. They're they're selling the shit out of it. They do an incredible job. Suri's strikes are out fucking rageous throughout the whole 40 minutes or 45 minutes in total. And then 30 minutes in. They um again they just beat each other up so much. Um Hayashishita hits a brutal lariat on Siori. Siori kind of has a like a last wind, proper all Japan fighting spirit, pops up, hits her with a fucking sick kick, and both of them drop down and it counts to the ten and it's a double count out after in in kind of extra time and it's you you're just like oh watching it. It was like so fucking intense, so brilliant, and yeah, comfortably my match of the year today. So good, so good. Sounds great. Sorry, I talked a lot about <laughs> about that. I didn't mean to no, like, that... play by play. I had no intention of doing that, but I got really into the match. You, I mean, you, you said, "Oh, there's probably Joshi fans listening to this." I, may I would imagine that there's probably not that many people that listen to this that have seen that match. So people probably were just like us and just enjoyed hearing it. Like you know, it's 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 good to hear hear that described. You know, I like that. And, and um, some yeah, like Joshi yeah. fanboy who has just been like, "Oh yeah, this is all like way better than the men's wrestling." I I I I, I watch very little Joshi wrestling, and then but this was just so so good. Um, yeah, just massively stood out. I, I've never seen a Stardom show, and I yeah, I really I should have a look sometime. Yeah, give give uh, James shared me some amazing uh, a few a couple of amazing matches from I think like 2019 that Arisa what's next. Against yeah. like Carmel or whatever it was, like fucking absolutely brilliant stuff. Shiki, is so it happy. Shiki? Hmm? They said Shiki, was it a Shiki or something? Yeah, 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 a Shiki, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, really, Shiki, yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Well, yeah, that just yeah, that definitely worth a watch. We went, we we went. James and I went to uh, Brighton to see that Arisa wrestle um, yeah. over here for Eve, and she was yeah. wonderful. And she yeah. was also she was just lovely after the show as well. Like James got to talk to her and made his life. Yeah, well, her, she's her strikes are absolutely phenomenal. But Suri, yeah. I think I think JCH will. After him saying the other day, what's going to get him back into wrestling? He needs to see this Suri. I think he'll fucking absolutely. I really hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I think he'll absolutely love the shit out of her. Her fucking strikes are outrageous. Um, absolutely outrageous. Um, so I guess we. <laughs> Uh, for not watching a lot of wrestling, we've done quite a <laughs> quite a bit there, which is good. Um, should we do the round table? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our main event of the evening. This week's round table presents Intergender Superstars and the Black Swan Successor. This is the Wrestling Should Be Fun Round Table. <laughs> 
So this week, uh, Matt Connolly is going to go first. So we spoke a little bit about documentaries that you've watched this week and you were going to mention, I think, Matt, that you watched a documentary on China and I think that ties in to the, our first roundtable topic this week. You were inspired by that. Yeah. Um, firstly, I don't know if either of you guys have heard about it or seen the China documentary that Vice dropped. Uh, it's away from um, Dark Side. It's its own documentary. Um, and it's a real obviously it's around China it's just it's a real sad one um so a documentary was kind of in the works around the time of her death but I mean this documentary is basically documenting how much of a mess that documentary was mixed in with just a biography of China really and telling her story and the position she found herself in it is a real heartbreaker um I, I thought it was amazing it's an hour and a half long but like for someone that had and I hadn't forgotten about China, but it's one of the classic things of when you go back and then see it again and see the like reactions and they, they show the clip of when she pinned Triple H to become the number one contender and like how she was genuinely like a massive part of the attitude era and like what a star she was. Um, so I'd recommend the documentary, um, but it isn't a pleasant watch at times. It's, it's rough um, and what she went through is horrible. But it led me on to thinking about like, could WWE ever replicate I mean, they'll replicate women's stars. Obviously, we're in the, the revolution, women's revolution, uh, hashtag women's revolution. But can they ever create a star that could be a China in the men's division? Like, maybe it's half could they, would they in this situation, I guess. So I just wanted to see what everyone thought of that, really. So, um, yeah, Dom, any any hot takes? Well, I, I you know, you, you sort of mentioned about China and how she was a major part of the attitude here. I mean, I'm... I'll very happily go a bit stronger than that. And, I, I mean, I think that she was definitely top five draws in the Attitude Era for WWF for a time. Like, I, if I think, you know, I was actually um, listening to Jeff Jarrett talk about this recently. Um, his podcast isn't too bad as well if you've got hours and hours of free time after you finish listening to ours. Um, but um, he was talking about when, you know, obviously he put China over in that bunkette, whatever it was, the good housekeeping match, and then he, he you know, went to WCW the next night. And, like, and it, it really did remind me that, like, at that time when China won the Intercontinental title, like, you know, it was like Rock, Austin, and then it's arguable about, like, you know, and this people might think this is absolutely ridiculous, but... I think it is arguable that China was equal at that time for being over with, you know, your mankind and your undertaker. Like, I just think she, she was incredibly over, mate. And, and I think that they paid her. You know, I, th I think that the WWF realised that and I think that she got looked after when she was there. Um, but obviously things didn't work out uh, well at all. And it's a, it is a tragic story. I haven't seen the documentary, though. To answer your actual question... Um, I think, and this is going to be a really boring answer. My answer is no. Um, and I think for me, it's no, because I think that the difference now is the women's division is great. And you just, that the WWE, WWE probably won't ever feel a need to, you know, take their top female draw and remove them from that division because there, there's always, because there's so much credible competition now, like, I, 
I, I can't really see a reason that Charlotte, who I, it's like, so Charlotte is the top of my list as far as the women's division. And I can't see a reason why Charlotte will ever get stale of wrestling. Um, Becky, Shayna, Asuka, Rhea, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, when she comes up, Io Shirai. Like, I just think the division will end up being so strong that there won't be a need for their top star to cross over and start wrestling the men. Um, and that's not, I don't necessarily agree with that, like, because I loved Tessa's run on Impact there when, you know, it, it was the most interesting thing that got me watching Impact um, in the last few years. Although I am tempted to switch on to this Josh Alexander at the moment. He sounds, he seems to be going pretty well. Um, not to change the subject too much. But, yeah, that's that's pretty much... So my my very long way of saying no is that. Um, it's not that I wouldn't like to see Charlotte uh, wrestling against some of the, some of the blokes. Uh, you know, like, can you imagine... Can, can you imagine Charlotte wrestling against someone like a Sami Zayn and just beating the tar out of him and him selling for her? You know, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But I just don't think it's ever going to happen because there's probably not that much need to. I don't know. What do you think, Ron? So I think I can agree, Dom, essentially, but with, with a slight with a slight sort of addition to it in my kind of, not rant, but my my issue with a Samoa Joe thing last last week when I talked about that was him undermining the rest of the division because he can't compete but he's like seen as you know pitched as better than them if Charlotte decided to go fight the men is that does that undermine the women's champion is my issue because it's like well there's always someone who's kind of pitched as better than she's fighting the men um so I think in principle yeah I don't think we would see it Hypothetically, I think you could book it and it'd be really interesting. You could do um, Becky, let's say, fights as, as, a, as a massive, like maybe beats Charlotte a couple of times in a row. And then there's the thing of Charlotte says, look, I want a third match. But if you beat me, I'll never fight for the title again. I'll never fight for the women's, t- the women's title. And then Becky does actually beat her. And Charlotte's like, fuck, what am I going to do? And then... She took well, you can have her off TV for it. Then she comes out and calls out actually, some like I don't know, interferes in just a random men's match and just beats the shit out of someone like Sami Zayn and then gets the mic and says, Just because I can't fight women anymore doesn't mean I'm not done. The crowd will go fucking ballistic, right? And then you've got, and then you can have give her a year run fighting the men. And then they have something where, like, let's say Sasha's champion and then Sasha surprising like wins early on in the like defends a title early on in the rumble wins the women's rumble so like kind of in, in a kind of a winning the g1 way picks her own opponent opponent and say yeah i know that she's too scared to fight me now such so, so she's run off fighting the men but i'm fighting charlotte at mania and then that's how you bring charlotte back into the fold but so it, it's doable and can do be doable in an interesting way but i for, for, for similar reasons to dom i don't think wwe will do it if if we're doing fantasy booking, like I just had an idea whilst you were doing it. Mine's not as long as yours, but... Will it involve like... Sammy Zayn? Because so far he's getting a pasting from the women's <laughs> <Yeah>. division. <laughs> and he's dancing. Look at Bingo Charlotte versus Sammy Zayn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so very quickly, like what if... Uh, yeah, I, lo- I like what you were saying, Brummett. What I'll say is Charlotte makes a return to fight the men. The first time, it's the first round of the King of the Ring tournament. And there's like uh, like a mystery um, entrant. And it turns out that 
it's Charlotte Flair versus Sami Zayn in round one. Or it's not a mystery opponent and it's Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler and Charlotte Flair beats the shit out of Sami Zayn on his way to the ring, you know, like edge style in the Elimination Chamber and takes his spot in the King of the Ring. And that's how she's like, right, I'm in this shit now. And then she, you know, and she doesn't win the King of the Ring, but she, you know, loses in the semi-final after winning two matches. Yeah, to, to probably to Billy Gunn, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's because of a Sami Zayn interference. <laughs> and then and then that that starts the feud. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I could, I could definitely... Yeah, that, I mean, mate, I would love to watch that. But, yeah, not going to happen. So, so, before, obviously, Matt, before your roundtable and you, and, you, and you do the summation, but do we connect it to it? So, we've obviously talked about Charlotte. Is... Um, is, is there anyone else that you think would um, and that, that you guys would be keen to see in that role? Uh, I suppose, I mean, Shayna. I think Shayna would be able to do it, booked, booked properly. Um, she's legitimate enough. Nia again as well, someone, when she came out in that rumble that time, people went bananas for it. Um, I didn't really have a name in mind. Um, it's more just the idea, Just I think it was just like nostalgia seeing, seeing China tear it up in this documentary and being like, I just wondered if we you could ever do it again, really. I kind of agree with what you both said. I think like booking it is can be awkward and, and just the fact they don't need to do it now. They just had this extraordinary talent in China that had no one to face, I guess. But I know that China, yeah. obviously, having just watched a documentary, like China wanted to face the men. She didn't want to face women. She wanted she was actually disappointed when they put her in the women's division. And obviously that's because of the way the women's division was perceived at the time. Yeah. But like just the idea that she didn't even want to face women, she just yeah, I'll just face men. It's just cool. Uh, Camille in NWA. Camille gives me China vibes at times. You know, with being out, this is heavy and stuff. Um, she'd be maybe good for the role as well. Also, Brum, you might know this. Dom, maybe I'm underestimating. You know this too. Do you know she faced Chono in the dome? I never knew about this match. No, I didn't. Chono beat the crap out of her in the dome. Absolutely plasters her. She claret and everything. And the whole story is she just sticks with him. Like, she's like, no, I think Enoki brought her in during the like early noughties. Like, yeah. if Enoki was still running the gaff, then maybe they make it out in the documentary like he was. And yeah, what year was it? It would have been like when she'd left WWE. Um, yeah. Yeah. WF. Yeah. yeah. But it was in the dome. And like, Chono just batters her, according to the highlights. And yeah. Though, 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 to be fair, Japan China relations have never been particularly good, have they? <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, right. I remember what we did. Yeah. So actually, the, the, jumping off from progress, um, I think we might all, I don't know if I'll all have a similar answer. I know there's, there's someone we're all quite interested in seeing face and Cara and, and, and what they're building to, obviously. But in terms of the name that we, I guess, A, think will be Cara Noir for the for the progress title and be the name that we'd like to see be Cara. You can go as fantasy as you wish on this. Um well, yeah, what do you guys think of the yeah next progress champion? I've got I've got a name. I don't know if it's gonna be the same as everybody else. Mm. Um I would super strong star. I would like to see the final be Spike Trevay losing to Dunkzilla Mark Davis. And I would like to see Mark Davis unseat Karanoa 
for the Progress World Title next. Um, and of you know, he's I I don't I wouldn't call him a mate, but I know him a little bit, and you know, I'm an Aussie and stuff like that. So maybe that's a terrible idea. But I think we had a little private conversation the other day uh, off air, and it was just to do with Aussie Open. And uh, you know, I'd had a couple of beers, I think, when I said it, but I really do believe now that both of the Aussie Open boys have the opportunity to be massive single stars in Brit rest when they come back. And they, and if, if you didn't know that, they are coming back. It's been announced. Like, and it's not just like, it, it seems to me that they're actually relocating again. Like, they're not just coming back for it. Because, the, and the, re, I, the reason I say this is because there's an Australian company called PWA and um, Aussie Open are their current tag team champions, as they would be, obviously. Um, but it, the, you know, the, all the adverts for the next or whatever, the PWA show in a month's time or two months' time is Aussie Open's last show. All right. Uh, so that would suggest that, you know, the Aussie Open aren't just planning to come back for this Rev Pro tag league or whatever it is, or, you know, the Rev Pro ninth anniversary. Sounds like they're coming back, uh, like Robbie Williams, back for good. And um, and you think that's back to the UK, not, not going to Japan? Uh, well, I mean, selfishly, I'd like to what I, I think the UK scene needs them. Yeah. Uh, but it could be Japan as well. Well, look, well, you know, uh, um, I tell you what, I think it's probably easier to get from Japan to the UK a lot easier than it is to get from Japan back into Australia at the moment. Uh, Australian restrictions on travel are so very, very strong. Take it as someone who, you know, wouldn't mind getting home at Christmas one of these years. Um, it's... Yeah, it's it's very very expensive. It's very time consuming. It's just really impossible to do. So it wouldn't surprise me if they were here more frequently than than Australia. That's for sure. It, 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 it feels dumb, doesn't it? Like if Davis and Fletcher came in as single stars to progress, which I hope they. I mean, I love Aussie Open as much as the next next person. Um, but I think I, I'd be really interested to see them as as single stars. I know, I know yeah. Fletcher probably left, and and Davis is. But yeah, I, I think no no, no disrespect to. Carl Fletcher is fantastic, but I, I think they they come in at progress positioned at basically in the top four guys if they if they came back in the singles division. I, I yeah I, I think so. Both of them, I think that, yeah, and I, I think Davis at the moment captures the crowd imagination a little bit more. Yeah. But I I actually think that Fletch might be a better worker in the long run. Yeah, um, I think it's just a I, bit. I think it's a bit like I think for Fletch they need to. If they got to put him on that path, I think they'd they need to do some some work with him. But I think Davis, because of who he is, I think I'd agree he's ready to go. If he turned up yeah. at a strong style, if that was his return show, he could win the thing and people would be behind it. The other thing, and you know, and it's it's an automatic way to maybe then build Fletcher up a little bit. Is if Davis does win it, they don't have to hate each other. It can just be a sporting competition you know they don't have to break up or anything but you know I, i'd have fletcher go after the title then you know and then to have really competitive a couple of singles matches maybe maybe even three over a period of time um no one has to turn heel or anything i mean i know fletcher was sort of working heel before he left at the end there but um you know they can just be babyface and just have competitive matches and shake hands at the end i know you'd hate that matt Connolly, but <laughs> they, yeah less less respect to wrestling yeah, or you can also go if you didn't want to go that. I guess it was the more, more traditional route. You have Spike, you know, after after Davis ruined his destiny by 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 beating him in the final. He just he goes and and, and kills Fletcher basically, and then they do Spike and Fletcher as like the 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 the, the A minus feud on on progress. But 
Yeah. There's loads uh, of weight. Yeah, yeah, but, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you on Dom. That, that, that was definitely one of the, the other, like, the yeah, because the obvious name we keep saying indirectly is, um, is Spike. I guess. Spike, that, it, yeah. That, that's that's the route they're going to go. Uh, Matt, I don't know what what you think. Who the no, uh, yeah, it is Route One, but I think it's Spike, and I think I'm hoping they're keeping them apart because that is where they're going, right? When the crowds are back, because it's the ultimate. Well, I would say ultimate, maybe the most popular, maybe not the ultimate manifest, but the most popular wrestler in Cara right now, I would say, and then. Trevay is just so detestable. It just—it's just sort of destiny, isn't it, that they would meet again and and fight. So I'm really, really hoping that that that's where they go. And if you're going to import guys, if like when restrictions are lifted, yeah, like if you can build the story around it, like the Eddie Kingston stuff was right on my street before um obviously yeah. the pandemic. So guys like that, they can just come in and just bully Cara and just you know he, he there's not many guys in the division that match him at the moment in terms of stature and stuff. So. People that can come in and have the sort of matches like what Car and Jacobs had, where he just gets thrown around a bit more, it's a bit more rough and tumble. Anyone like that? Uh, as an outside one that got a release that will pop up somewhere, someone like Buddy Murphy, bring him in, put the belt on him. Why not? Well, if he, I, I mean, if if Murph wants to come over for a while, like his best mate Brooksy did. <laughs> fuck! Imagine if we. Oh, imagine if they'd both come over. They could live at my house. I don't mind. <laughs> If you, if you, Brooksy and Murph, if you listen to this, you're both welcome in Walthamstow. I've got a spare room. You have to share a bed. But, yeah. <laughs> so, so if we go down now for more real predictions rather than the kind of more fantasy side, I guess things. Obviously, all those suggestions are, are like like Davis is a is a more than more than realistic suggestion. But in terms of just out of your guys' thoughts, do you think, let's say, su- super strong style is the first show? first live show back, right? That Or first live show, should I say, back. Do you think it's more likely that Spike wins it to set up versus Kara, or do you think it's more likely that Kara versus Spike is the title match on those shows? That's a good question. Good point, yeah. Because then you can have a face winning the super strong stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for the for the feel good comeback, <laughs> rather than oh, Spike's on it. Yeah, um, but it's it's weird though because Spike winning it, uh, there is an issue with him winning that. Is that I think he get a positive crowd reaction, like not in it, like because it's weird. Like I'm not I'm not the kind of guy that's like you know cheer heels, but I'd, I'd be so excited for Spike to win it that I think I, I can't help but being like yeah, you know, if he won it, like not in a, a, yeah. a show ruining way or like being that guy or like smarky or whatever, but generally just out of like excitement of Spike winning, like so and, and, and taking away that route, I don't know, could be sensible, I'm not sure. And there's enough talented dudes on the roster that if they were booked in the right way or like booked in a different way, not the right way, in a different way, I, I, I know he's already gone through like Dan Maloney, I really like uh, TK Cooper, like I'm not saying right now they're positioned to be world champion in progress, but Neither was Kara like six months before he won it, or less than that, right? Kara was but nowhere, also, so because you win super strong style doesn't mean you've got to win the belt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I mean, I think I think the reaction TK would get would be would be pretty massive if he won. Yeah. Because it's such a good underdog story. It's just such a great story. And they must have a ton of footage of him, like from a lot of chapters that they could could run to build that story up. Yeah, and he's and the thing is, he's he's good enough. He's good enough in the ring to carry, you know, to, to have a, an an interesting tournament, um, and, and also carry a really good title match with. Well, not carry, but have a really good title match with. But imagine like he, him and Mambo in a semi or something would be amazing. Yeah, be brilliant. Be worried because you'd have to cheer for one and not the other. But 
whoever, whoever's working baby face, I'll, 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 I'll do, I'll do what I'm told. Um, I was, I was just, I just got completely distracted. I'm doing terrible podcasting here, but I got, I just got distracted, sort of fantasizing about progress when it comes back and like possible, possible storylines. Yeah, what could happen? I was just like, I was just thinking about like, obviously not for world championship, but I was just like, I was almost just trying to think about, well, when restrictions do open, like what sort of roster additions could there be? And I was like, oh no, we'll get Session Moth back. Like that's going to be a big deal. Well, like, is the Ring of Honor contract going to be a problem? Was she not with them anymore? I think she can still work. I, I, she still works indie stuff. I think I, you know, she can still work Eve and she can still work OTT and stuff. So I can't so see what could be could what could come back and do a, a session. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, that, right, mate, that would be that would be outstanding. I'm sure. Uh, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that some of the um, they'd get a couple of the NXT UK guys for strong style as well. You'd think. Uh yeah. And I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't it honestly wouldn't surprise me if we got Tommy End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know, and I was also the other thing that sort of got me distracted was I'd really like to see um, Walter come in and put Kara over. Wow! Imagine. <laughs> well, obviously, like, that's never going to happen yeah. because Walter's a big star yeah, yeah. on TV, and like you know, he's going to he's like Goldberg. You know, Goldberg doesn't do jobs at Indies, but you know, like he's just like. I would just love that. Imagine if Walter came in and Kara beat him. Because that, you know, that never really happened. You know, that could have been, we, we'd missed out on that, wasn't there? Because because Kara did Kara beat Eddie Dennis? What happened? I can't even remember how it happened. So Dennis had to drop it. So they did the four-way with oh, Fletcher, Dragunov, and oh, Robinson. Robinson. Oh, Robinson yeah. And then Kara's first defence was Brooks. What I keep I keep thinking, what happened with Mandrew, said? I think, defend- I think I think Mandrews had the the first London defense of the title, wasn't it? Was it Cara Mandrews in London? That's when that's when um yeah. came out and made his statement, right? The attack Dragonov, because he was there. He was there to even out the Dennis interference, maybe. I might have Man- completely wrong now. Did but, but Man- I, I thought Dennis tried to give the belt to Mandrews or something. Yeah, that did happen. That did happen. But yeah, that, that was, was a- the night. Yeah. That was a- and then he didn't qualify, maybe, or something, Mandrews. Yeah, Dra- Dragunov beat him in six seconds or whatever, just did the up. Ah, uh, right. Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. Very bad memory these days. <laughs> I Well, we do like to drink at these shows as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lost and, the and, shot round, I think. And, you know, it's like, I always say, like, one of my favourite things about progress is, like, we always, we do the, you know, the Sunday pilgrimage. Like, I used to do it the same every time. We'd go to the same pubs before and after. We'd drink the same beer, eat the same food, probably wear the same clothes. But it also doesn't help for trying to remember different shows and what happened at which. If you do it the exact same way every month, yeah, yeah, and drink eight pints every time, so you know, it's got to be just so so good. It may be the thing I'm most looking forward to about, about the world opening up. How sad is that? But it's going to be so good, mate. There's no absolutely no joke in that. It, it is the number one thing that I'm looking forward to. Like, I, you know, I, I, I just cannot wait. I was just I was just thinking of the the Rio versus um Serena Deeb match. I know that was a pre-show match, but like um how fucking red hot the crowd were for that. Remind me of how hot they are gonna be for the first I really hope <laughs> they don't do a pre-show match actually. 
And that's the big thing I hope for the, the next progress show back. They don't do a pre-show match because they shouldn't have the crowd like having anything else apart from the first match. And the crowd will go fucking mental. Who do you, who should it be? Lycos Jim versus TK and Mambo. Yeah, that yeah, for the tag that's titles. A that's a really good shout. That's a really good shout. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty much spot on. Yeah, I can't think of anything better. Yeah, um, brilliant stuff. That's two pretty good roundtables. I, I enjoyed that. Um, so, Booker Bingo. I N G O and Bingo was his name. Oh. Bingo. Now, if I remember correctly, Booker Bingo last time was won by Matt Brummett. Yeah, and I thought I had to pass it on because I wasn't going to be about, but uh, we, had, we shuffled it about, didn't we? So it is. Um, let's have a look. I'm sure I've got the spreadsheet somewhere. So is this a one-on-one Booker Bingo? Is this yeah. how this is working? Oh, mate. I I went in so um, I went into the spreadsheet before just to see like if it was working and stuff, and I actually had a wrestler come up that I hadn't heard of. Who was it? It was a wrestler by the name of Jack Stars. Oh, Jack Stars is great. Um, he's he's basically the resident jobber on NXT UK, and he but he he had this quite fun storyline where um piper niven was like his like was his mate and was just trying to like help him out and like oh. yeah, that was kind of like that must be over now an then, interesting right? dynamic which i've never seen before but uh, well, I, I'm, I'm actually I'm a, I'm a few weeks behind on nxt uk so she's on raw now right yeah did you know she's on raw now brother what piper niven yeah, yeah. amazing yeah. she's she, not called piper niven yet is she i don't, I don't know if they've announced the name now and she's like, but she's she's like, um, kind of like in a stable or friends with um, the redheaded girl, Eva, Eva Marie. Marie. Yeah, Eva Eva Marie's back. Yeah. <laughs> in a stable with who? Reginald. <laughs> yeah. Eva Marie and Piper Niven is not this. Piper Niven. You guys keep saying stuff really casually, like what? So what? Piper Niven and Eva Marie's back. Because yeah. last time I saw her, she did with doing those really long entrance things, and then it like not happening, and with the voiceovers and stuff. And that, but now she's in with Piper Niven. Please tell me about this before we do book a book. That's again. all I know. That's actually all I know. I haven't even seen the segment. Yeah. I just know that right. they've um, they didn't name her when she came out. And yeah, so like, and like it, the joke on the internet. This is all I know as well. Was that like obviously whoever commentates on Raw had to pretend they didn't like who is this gigantic woman. It's like, mate, she's been wrestling on your TV show. What? Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. So weird. Yeah, like that. It's like so, and then like people are like, oh, I guess NXT UK isn't canon then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, guys, I've just done the Booker Bingo. <laughs> it's a good one. I'm just going to actually quickly uh, check if these guys have ever thought before. I think. That, I mean, they probably not. I don't think Charlotte Flair and Sami Zayn have fought before. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm not. 
I'm not sure. No, I don't. I don't think they have. Um, we have got Headbanger Mosh <laughs> versus Razor Ramon. <laughs> you would think they must have wrestled. <laughs> yeah, that's what I kind of thought. But maybe it was a bit. Maybe maybe Hall was in WCW before Mosh. Kind of. I don't know. I did a quick Google, and I'm not. I don't don't think it's there. Um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, um, I think um, I'm going to pick on Connolly. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, it's the Royal Rumble, and uh, we all love a return at a Rumble, don't we? So uh, it's one of the highlights. Uh, so the first few are coming out. It's like it's Apollo, it's Sami Zayn, it's Charlotte Flair, all the usuals, and then um, and then number eight, Headbanger Mosh is back, and it's like, hey, there's a pop for Headbanger Mosh, you know, he's back in the building. That's great. He comes in, you know, fully in his Headbanger gear. Was it kilts they used to wear? Were they like what were they like? Long yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, he's in that gear. You know, he, he gets a couple of moves in. What moves did he do? Spinning heel kick, maybe? Or, I don't know. He does something. He does some bits. And eventually he's tossed out. He's gone. He's gone by about a minute. And uh, he, he gets a nice little moment and it's fine. We don't even see Thrasher because why would we? Uh, and then at number 20, we get Razor Ramon and it's a massive pop, obviously. You know, one of the all-time greats, uh, multiple-time Intercontinental Champions, still loved in the business. He comes out. He has his moment in the Rumble. It's fantastic. He gets an elimination on... Drake Maverick, he throws him out or something. I don't know, he's there. And, uh, and people love it. Uh, he gets eliminated and, oh, boo. But uh, again, he had a fantastic moment. Uh, so the next night on Raw, all the people that were in the Rumble were there. They're all, all, there, was, there was another uh, famous person to come back. The three of them are there. Um, but, but Mosh isn't looking too happy. You know, he, he's kind of not really... You'd think he'd be buzzing to be back in the, in the Fed, as he still knows it, probably. Uh, but he's not. He's not. He's really miserable. Uh, and they, they call him out and go, headbanger marsh. And there's like you know, a little bit of applause. And then eventually gets the resume. Hey, massive applause, massive applause. So uh, later on tonight, they're going to be presenting uh, the Intercontinental title match. They're going to be the three judges for the Intercontinental title match later tonight uh, between who's the Intercontinental champion? Apollo Crews and the challenger, Sami Zayn. Let's give him some more work to do. Uh, so that match happens uh, and the judges are inside. And halfway through, Moss just gets up and walks off. He just walks off out of the match and they're, they're just, oh, this is, this is crap. Like, we've only got two judges. Now this is, this is absolutely useless. Uh, the other judges book a tea, let's say. Right, it's just another legend. So, like, all right, well, we'll just carry on with this match. Anyway, anyway, Mosh comes in midway through the match and he just ruins the match. He just, he beats up Sammy, he beats up Apollo. He's like, I'm not having this. I'm, I'm a, I am a legend in my own right. I know some of the kids don't know who I am. I had a great run. And the other judge like, well, you can't be doing that. He decks them and all. He's, he's just on a mad one. He decks commentary, Mosh. He's, he's lost it. He, he's really just, he's having a laugh now. So like, oh, he's ruined the Intercontinental title match. And, and for the next month, he keeps coming in to Intercontinental title matches. Apollo's on an open challenge and he just keeps wrecking them. He's wrecking every Intercontinental title match. So obviously this leads to a match for the Intercontinental title. They, they just give Mosh a chance. They're like, listen, if you're going to keep wrecking the matches, it's loser leaves town. If you lose... You're banned from the buildings. You're already banned, but we'll tie and secure you even more. Uh, if you win, you're Intercontinental Champion, obviously. And he wins. He, he beats Apollo. It's a real mix-up. Uh, but the, the, the deciding factor is, obviously, there's that big bodyguard now for Apollo. But Thrasher returns then, and he takes him out. Thrasher throws him about. And the headbangers are now 
they were in the Connell Chamber. Well, Mosh is, is only, but now he's got Thrasher as well as a bodyguard. But um, they need to build to the next Intercontinental title match, the next pay-per-view. So, of course, they go back to that Intercontinental title match. And Ramon's like, listen, I was there when you did that. That was out of order. And who is the greatest Intercontinental champion of all time? It's me. It's Razor Ramon. I know I haven't wrestled in a long, long time, and I don't know if my back's going to be able to do the job. But I can't be standing this attitude that you headbangers have got. I've got my own guy with me. It's Big Sexy, obviously. We're bringing him in and all for a payday. So Big Sexy's there. And at the next pay-per-view, I'm not going to go for Mania. We always go Mania. Let's say it happens at WrestleMania Backlash uh, instead. And, uh, and we get Mosh, for the Intercontinental Champion Mosh, defending against Razor Ramon with Thrasher and Nash at ringside. It's shenanigans. There's callbacks. We do all the fun stuff. We get some jackknife powerbombs probably because the crowd would love that. Uh, and then, yeah, and uh, Razor Ramon wins the Intercontinental title and then doesn't want to defend anymore because his back's an absolute wreck. So he then forfeits the title. And Apollo gets it back just so that whole booking segment is tied up and we still have Apollo as Intercontinental champion. Great stuff, Conley. Can I have a quick question before we move on to Don? Um, you did mention that their match is at WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah. So who, who's, who's Mosh going over at WrestleMania? Uh, he's on the pre-show against Baron Corbin. <laughs> it's a it's a surprisingly solid match a bit akin to Kalisto Ryback that I won't stop talking about <laughs> no one sees it but people who did go that was all right um right Dom what are you going with mate I I'm gonna go back to the 90s I think um but it, the, the time frame doesn't quite sync up I I'm glad Connolly talked for a while because I really had trouble thinking of anything until just now. So um, a famous story about uh, Razor Ramon is that he was he was going to be booked in the sort of semi-main event feud against Goldust when Goldust first came in. And apparently Razor, um, you know, at the sort of the last minute, you know, threw his toys out of the pram and didn't want to work with Goldust because apparently felt uncomfortable with the character or something, the androgyny, right? So I'm going to tap into that storyline a little bit um, and do it as politically correctly as I can. So I think that uh, Razor Ramon is getting ready to wrestle Goldust. And so Razor Ramon comes out and he cuts a promo. But in, in my world, Razor Ramon is 100% the heel here. Like it's not, you know, he's not going to get a baby face pop anymore in the 90s for coming out and you know um being uh androgynous phobic i guess i'm going to say and so he's out there trying to cut a promo against goldust being like oh you know you wear a wig whatever something that's uh gender phobic and um <laughs> and then so then he's like oh well and he's like i tell you who else i don't like is that androgynous marilyn manson and uh, Marilyn Manson in the 90s, because, you know, he's in, there was a couple of video clips where he kind of looked like uh, uh, he's been androgynous. And then here comes the skirt-wearing headbangers to defend their, their uh, hero, Marilyn Manson. So out they come. Out comes headbanger Mosh. And he's like, right, Razor, look, you know, Thrasher and I, we're a tag team, but we're here to defend the honour of, you know, uh, Mrs. Manson. And... Um, Let's you know you can pick which one of us you want to take on in a singles match, and Goldust and Marlena are up on the stage, and Razor says, "Right, I'll take you, the smaller one, Thrasher," 
and he gives him the razor's edge in to you fall away slam razor's edge one two three in about 45 seconds so then he's like right come on i'll take the other one on which one are you right so moss rolls into the ring and same thing short arm clothesline throw the toothpick fall away slam picks him up for the razor's edge but as he does gold dust runs down to the apron and gets on the apron and distracts razor and Mosh slips down behind him from the razor's edge off his back, rolls him up and gets the cheap pin, one, two, three, whilst uh, Goldust is distracting Razor. So now you've got headbanger Mosh with a pinfall victory over the intercontinental champion, Razor Ramon. So Mosh is like, well, I, of course, I, I deserve a title shot. You know, this gold dust feud, that's on the back burner. So... Uh, so at the, at the next in-your-house pay-per-view, not the big dog, obviously, because Razor and Goldust are going to wrestle at SummerSlam, but at in-your-house, loser wears a dress is the name of the pay-per-view. We're going to have, uh, in the semi-main event for the Intercontinental title, we're going to have a loser-has-to-wear-a-dress match between Razor Ramon and Headbanger Mosh. And um, I haven't thought about the finish. And the and it's can I I don't, I don't think can I have a pop star or a rock star turn up in my match every week because I think like it's probably going to be Marilyn Manson turns up isn't it? <laughs> um, so no, look, I just I can't see any other way around it other than Razor gives him the short arm clothes on the fall away slam and Razor's edges him for a one two three in one minute semi main event intercontinental title match. But then what happens is Gold Dust runs down to the ring, uh, jumps Razor from behind, um, makes like puts the dress on him when Razor's unconscious, and that builds to the match at SummerSlam. Very good, boys. Um, enjoyed that. No, no Chaz or be the cleavage in sight. You both used Mosh, which was uh, which is which is very good. Um, <laughs> I think both sets very close. I think. I think I'm going to give the nod to Dom just for Razor Ramon saying, I also don't like that Marilyn Manson guy. <laughs> <laughs> just so, like, it just, yeah, just such a, obviously it's connected. The androgyny just felt like a lovely tangent. Um, then Moff when he gets to his rescue. But no, I think um, you have to give it to Dom for the In Your House name. In Your yeah. House, Loser Wears a Dress is a pretty, pretty is, solid In Your House name. It's also like the the whole booking of it in your house thing in the match was just felt exactly like something that they would do. That <laughs> it was so it was just so realised in the head of like yeah nineteen yeah late nineties WWF creative that I think I think Dom uh, yeah Dom Dom does get the edge. So well done, mate. Cheers, you beauty. Uh, uh... That uh, gives me a week off having to do it next week. I, that was the best example of not going first because I I don't know what I would have said if I didn't have the time to think about it. So, yeah. Cheers. Excellent stuff. All right, there we have it, guys. Another week in the books. Thank you very, very much to Matt Brummett and Matt Connolly, but thank you most of all to you, dear listener. Do all the stuff on the social medias and give us some love. Other than that, make sure drink lots of water. Look after you, mates.